22, verses 1 to 14. Is that right? Yep. Is that right, Sammy? 1, 1 to 14. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. So Genesis 22, 1 to 14. Okay, so sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, he replied, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain, and I will show you. Exactly, sorry, early, in the, early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire um, carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went to get on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his um, father Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a lamb caught in its thorns, caught by its thorns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide, and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it, it will be provided. Okay, I invite Sam up. I haven't warned you about this, but I'm going to ask you a few questions. <laughs> Maybe I should have warned you. I just, I just, just being, being new um, here, m many, many people won't know you. Um, so, where are you from? Um, I'm from Denver, Colorado, in the U.S. And uh, yeah, 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 no, that's great. That's great. Uh, what brings you to the U.K.? My wife, actually. <laughs> My wife grew up in uh, Woodbury, and, uh, and yeah, so we, we came back after Theo was born, and uh, well, Theo was about a little over one, I think, is when we came back, so, yeah, when she came back. Okay. Um, she's over one. Do, do, do you like it in the UK? I do, I do. <laughs> Good answer. I mean, Good answer, yeah. The, the Southwest is beautiful. Um, I mean, growing up in Denver, Colorado, I had mountains and lakes. I, I love all the outdoor things. Yeah, being in the Southwest is beautiful country here. As you all would probably say, God's country, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm trying to get some brownie points. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's good. It's good. Um, tell, me about, tell me about your family. Um, 
Yeah, so Livy and I actually met in uh, Chicago. Um, right. We were both studying at Moody Bible Institute, which is a Bible college, a four-year degree program. Um, we got married. Uh, I wooed her. Uh, we got married and uh, lived in the States for a couple of years after that. And uh, yeah, decided to move back after Theo was born. And then most recently, Quincy, uh, she's wanting some change. So, um, yeah, so she's our most recent uh, addition to the family. Yep. Yeah. Keeps you tired. Uh, yeah, but you know, <laughs> the Lord sustains me. So yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and where do you live now? Uh, we live in a village called Woodbury, uh, outside of Exeter. And you work in the church, do you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm a community worker at uh, Christ Church Woodbury. Uh, basically do a lot of pastoral care. Uh, admin stuff, and then um, also trying to work with the community to see how our church can uh, help non-believers and believers alike. So. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Put you on the spot there. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's pray for you. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for um, Sammy and Livy and the, and, the, and the family being here this morning, and we pray you'll bless them in their in their family together, um, in their work, and the work for you in the in the church at Woodbury, um, and thank you, Lord Jesus, that uh, we we are not made the same. That we we all have different gifts and abilities, and we thank you, Lord, that well, we pray, Lord, that we are will be obedient to you and and uh, and uh, do what you want us to do. And we uh, thank you for for Sam being with us today to to open God's word. Um, we pray, Lord, that He'll be challenged by that, and and. Um, and that we will be challenged by your word. And we, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that we have your word that we can read. Um, we don't always understand it, Lord. And we thank you that you have people that uh, are able to, to give that message. Um, we thank you that you reveal to things to us as we go through our, our journey with you. But we pray for Sammy now that you'll, you'll speak through him, give him clarity and, and boldness, and um, that, um, people, that we, we will, we will um, be able to receive that word, Lord. Um, but not just... Uh, uh, forget about it, but we, we pray that as, as your word is word, living and active, we pray that that will be living and active in, in, our, in, our, um, in our own lives. And we just pray it in your name. Amen. Yes, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm speaking as Padre, yeah, my, I guess this is my tryout, right? And so it's a bit late because it's next week. Right? <laughs> Just a moment, got to set up my timer because uh, I'm a Korean background and Korean churches usually go way over. So I got to, I got to stay uh, accountable to myself to make sure that we get done in a timely manner. But um, uh, thank you so much for inviting me out. I, I think... Um, it's funny because within my message, I had all the questions that you asked me, the answers, yeah, so <laughs> gives me more time to preach, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, incredibly thankful for this opportunity uh, to, to be able to uh, preach the Word of God. I'm incredibly excited. This is something I love to do. Um, keeps me humble. Uh, but uh, yeah, really excited to be here. And, and I think it speaks quite a bit to your leadership team, too. Uh, and their trust in me, who <laughs> I don't think we've actually met in person, but they've asked me to, to speak. And so I'm incredibly humbled to be here uh, to be able to preach the word. Um, uh, like I said before, my name is Sammy. Um, I mean, 
or Samuel, if I'm in trouble. So if you start calling me Samuel at the end of this, I know I did, I did something wrong. But hopefully I can stay faithful to the word. Um, and uh, again, I've been here about four years now, uh, living with Olivia and, and my two kids in, in Woodbury. And uh, it's been quite a journey that Livia and I have been on. Uh, ever since we were married, it seems like God had really been taking us on this journey that we're not too sure where the end result will be, where our destination is. And I'm sure all of us can, can probably relate to that in some form or shape. We've been through a lot, really. Um, we've, we've been married seven years. Um, and within those seven years, we've, we've uh, yeah, I, I think just, I, I was made redundant uh, back in 2016. Uh, from my work as a conference coordinator in Chicago, and that really placed a big toll on, on our, our marriage, our relationship. And uh, shortly after that, I, I received a youth pastor position in Denver at my home church, actually. And uh, that itself came with its own challenges. And uh, after a lot of back and forth, Livy and I decided to come back here. Uh, we came back here, and I wasn't too sure what God had in store for me. Uh, if I'm honest, I didn't want to come back. I felt like I was where God had placed me in this youth ministry role as a pastor uh, to, to continue on in my studies and, and, and care for my family. Uh, but when I came here, I wasn't, I wasn't sure what God had in store for me. Uh, there was a lot of discontentment, a lot of anger, a lot of bitterness in my heart, a lot of confusion. God, why am I here in this foreign country? I couldn't find a job because all my references were in the States, and so when people looked at my CV, they're just like, we don't know who you are. I was educated, had a degree in biblical studies and children's ministry, did a four-year degree program at Moody Bible Institute, which was a rigorous course, yet I couldn't find work. I ended up finding work in uh, a women's uh, shoe company warehouse, picking shoes. And uh, a lot of times I thought to myself, God, why am I here? Why did I get an education? Why, what, what do you have for me? In the midst of that, Livia and I were uh, sorting out our, <laughs> our issues, our, our marriage. Um, and there was a lot there that we kept going back and forth, back and forth. And so many times I just said, God, what do you have in store for me? Praise God for his faithfulness to us is that at the moment, in the midst of the messiness of life, although I couldn't see it, praise God for his sovereignty and knowing what he had in store for us. Because now we've come and we've reconciled, we've, we've come a long way in our marriage, and, and we've had our beautiful children, and, and God's blessing just continues to pour down on us as we continue to faithfully follow him. That's usually the case, isn't it? In the midst of the storm, we can't see past it. In the messiness of life, we can't, we can't imagine where our destination is. And a lot of times it's easy to lose sight of God we, we have a saying in the States, uh, hindsight is 2020. Usually in the midst of the storm, you can't see 
where you're going, you can't see what's going on, but when you're out of the storm, after you're out of that difficult season, and you look back, you go, oh, I can see God's hand working. Hindsight is 2020. And I think most recently, uh, you can probably imagine with me, as, as living costs are going up, and as our, uh, as the culture and the political environment around us is, is uncertain and we're not sure of what lies ahead of us, I think it's easy for us to lose sight of how faithful God has been to us. I don't know your circumstances. I don't know what baggage you bring this morning. I don't know what issues you're facing, your, your family struggles, any pain, any worries or anxieties. I don't know what you bring this morning, but let me encourage you that our God is faithful past, present, and future. You may not know where God is taking you. You may even be doubting God's love for you. But let me assure you that God was faithful, God is faithful, and God will always be faithful. Let me pray for us again as before we open to God's word. Lord, like I said, I don't know what we've brought with us today, this morning. But I praise your name and I praise you that you know what we are going through. And not only do you know, but you are with us every step of the way. So, Father, I ask you meet us here. You hear our prayers. You know our hearts. Faithful as you have been to us in the past. To reveal your love, your mercy, and your grace to us. In the midst of greatest storms and uncertainties of life. Lord, may you be glorified in all that we do. Glorified this morning. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm pretty sure that most of y'all have heard this story before of Abraham and Isaac. You've heard the sermons. You could probably recite it in your sleep. It's a message that I think we all, it's a passage of scripture that I think we all look at and we go, wow. This was Abraham's moment. Abraham, in, in, all of, in all of his life, in all of these chapters in the book of Genesis, we look and we go, wow, how could Abraham do this? How could Abraham so easily obey this outrageous command, this outrageous test from the Lord? We look at this and we praise Abraham and we go, wow, he faithfully was obedient to the very end. That even God had to hold his hand. But I hope you realize one thing. When we look at this story, this story is not about Abraham. He is not the main character of the story. This story is about God's faithfulness to Abraham. God is the main character of this story. All the words and pres uh, preserved writings and, the, and the, this holy word, all of it, always points to God. In this story, God is using Abraham to reveal to us himself. 
He is using Abraham to reveal his faithfulness to us. He is revealing to us that his faithfulness is past, present, future, that he is unchanging, that he is always faithful. God is faithful to us past, present, future. We look at God's faithfulness in the past. In the first two verses, in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 and 2, it says, The Lord visited, uh, that's 21, 22, excuse me. After these things, God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him as a burnt offering on, the one, of, on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Even in the opening verses of this passage, we know this is a different Abraham. This is not the Abraham of, of, chapter, uh, of chapter 12, where he's promised all of these things. It's easy to follow when you're promised wealth, lineage, a legacy, possessions. This is a different Abraham. This is a different Abraham that that bargains with God. This is a different Abraham that, that laughs at his face when he's told a promise. This is a changed Abraham, a new Abraham who says, here I am. When Abraham says, here I am, he says, God, whatever you ask of me, I will do. This is an Abraham who remembers God's faithfulness in his past, a God who is faithful to his promises, who has Despite his shortcomings and his sins, God has used Abraham to be a blessing to the nation. He has fulfilled his promises to him to give him land and wealth and to start a line that will bless the nations. This is an Abraham who has seen the fulfillment of God's promise of giving him a son. Not through his means, but through miraculous means of our God. This Abraham knows that God fulfills his promises. He knows that God is faithful and he is obedient and he is faithful to whatever God asks him to do. Here I am. Abraham. Remembering all the faithfulness of God and his life, he is quick to obey. Again, he's not the bargaining Abraham that says, well, let's, let me see if I can find 50. Let me see if I can, I can find 20 people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me, to even going to the point where he says, let me find even one faithful person to you. He doesn't bargain with God. He says, whatever you ask, here I am. And we see in the following verses through uh, verse 3 through 8 that he follows everything that God asks him to do. In his current test, in his current circumstances, he knows that God had promised that through Isaac he will have many descendants. He remembers God's promises. And as Hebrews 11 says, God, or Abraham knew that even if God asked him to kill Isaac, that somehow... God would miraculously bring him back to life because of his promises. We know Abraham remembers these things. So in the midst of his current test, the reason why he is obedient, the reason why he is able to fulfill these things is because he remembers 
God's faithfulness. And he knows in the present that God will be faithful no matter where he asks. The story continues. He says, so Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of burnt offering and, and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took his hand and the fire, uh, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Even in the midst of his test, he is reminding himself that God will provide. He is reminding himself and, and his son, listen, God has been faithful and he will be faithful. He's holding on to the promises of God which get him through his current circumstances. As we look into God's faithfulness in the future, which Abraham in the present is holding on to, saying God will provide, he goes on in verse 9 through 14. When they came to a place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there, and he laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called down to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of this place. The Lord will provide as is it said to this day on the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. Abraham held on to the, 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 the promise of the current, God's current promise. He held on to that knowing that in the future God will provide. God will figure something out. God has a plan. And we see here that God n stops Abraham not because, or not just because of his obedience to him, but he stops Abraham because he knows it's not through the sacrifice of his son Isaac that salvation will come down to his people, but years on down the line that there will be another beloved son, a one and only son who would have wood on his back to carry up on a mountain to be crucified, to be the, the sacrifice, the propitiation of our sins, to be our Savior, he knew that it wasn't through Isaac, but that it was through Jesus Christ that salvation would come to his people. God is faithful, past, present, and future. No matter what you are going through, no matter your circumstances, remember the past. Remember God's faithfulness to you in your past. And remember that no matter what circumstances you're going through now, that God will be faithful to you. 
Because God in his faithfulness to us would sacrifice his one and only son so that we can be reconciled back to him. We serve and worship a sovereign God. Control of all things. So what do we have to worry about? Why is obedience so hard? And why is it so easy for us to lose sight of who God is and his faithfulness to us when God has proven time and time again that he is faithful, that he loves you, that he has a greater plan at work beyond your circumstances, that whatever you're going through at the moment that it pales in comparison to what God has in store for you and what is calling you to do. And when it, God gets you through this storm, let me say that again, when God gets you through this storm, not when you get through this storm, when God gets you through this storm, we will praise him once again. And we will remember his faithfulness to us so that no matter what other test or challenge or trial you go through, whatever tribulation you go through, that you will remember past, present, and future, that God will be faithful to fulfill his promises of getting you through these things, to show you his love, and to show the world his greatness. We see at the end here that, that God does provide the ram. We see here that, again, God is faithful Brothers and sisters, I don't know, again, what you're going through. I don't know the struggles of your past. I don't know your lives. But what I do know, and what has been said even time and time again this morning, that God is faithful to show his glory through our lives. But let me tell you, he is the one that will get us through it. Place your trust in him. How can we do that? Remember the past. Remember what God has done for you. There's a, there's a pattern that Old Testament and New Testament authors, or I guess, there's a pattern that they have. Where in the Old Testament, the authors would say, remember when God brought us out of Egypt. Remember when God delivered us from Pharaoh. Remember when he saved us. They're always encouraging their readers to remember what God has done. And some of our authors go on to also say, look forward. Look forward to when the chosen one, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one who will save everyone. Look forward to his coming. Because where, where, when they were delivered from Egypt, as a symbol, as a momentary thing, a point in history, there will be a time in the future where God saves his people once again, but from death. And sin. In the New Testament, we see the same pattern where the authors are saying, Look back to the cross. Remember God's faithfulness to us in sending His one and only Son in the midst that whilst we were still sinners, 
He sent his son Jesus to die for us. Not when we met some level of goodness, not when we did so many good things. No, whilst we were sinners, he shows his faithfulness to us of sending his son Jesus Christ to take our punishment, to take the wrath that we deserved so that we can be reconciled back to God. And the same thing is encouraged of us to look forward to when Christ returns. Because when Christ returns, and you have fought a good fight, and you have run your race, and you have fought to stay faithful, and you trust and, and fought to be obedient to God, when Christ returns, I tell you, brothers and sisters, there's no one in heaven at the moment that regrets that decision. There's no one in Abraham's not regretting, even trying to, you know, sacrifice his own son. He's not regretting that. None of, no one in heaven is regretting following and being obedient to the word of God, to his promises. Brothers and sisters, um, how do we trust in the Lord? How do we keep our faithfulness? Remember what God has done in your life and look forward to when Christ returns. Because God will be faithful from beginning to end to do a good work in your life to bring him glory, to bring him honor, to bring him praise, so that in Revelation chapter 4, all will worship before the throne. Bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Lord, I will admit, I'll be the first to admit that it is difficult many times that I, I mean, I fall into that trap of losing sight of your goodness to us. Whether it's the cost of living going up, political uncertainty, messy relationships, job stress, whatever it is, Lord, it's so easy for sinners like us to lose sight of your faithfulness. But I pray that your Holy Spirit does a work in our heart and in our minds so that we are always reminded of your faithfulness to us so that whatever circumstances we go through, we cling and hold to the promises of your faithfulness to us. Lord, we don't ask that you remove our circumstances, but that you change us through them. So that our faith grows and our faith builds and our trust in you becomes unshakable. That any test or trial or circumstance that comes our way, that we will be able to stand firm on your promises. Stand firm on your word. Stand firm in the fact that we are covered in the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. That we can stand firm through any storm, knowing that you will be faithful, past, present future. Lord, be glorified in all that we think, say, feel, and do. And may you bless this church. And may this church be the light that goes into the darkness to be the evidence of grace 
to show people that, that you are faithful past, present, and future. Lord, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We pray all these things in your precious son's time. Amen.